Thanks for listening to the Cool Church Podcast. We're praying that wherever you are on this journey, that this message encourages you. And we wanted you to know that you were created out of love. And now, here's today's message with our very own Pastor Terrence Wilson. Um, I, I got a word, and this is actually the end of a six-week series, a book study on Nehemiah. How many of y'all have enjoyed this, this series, this Heart for the House series? Six weeks in the Old Testament. Let me tell you something. We're going to give you the whole Bible. We ain't just going to give you the New Testament. We're going to give you the Old Testament too, amen? Before I dig into this, this, this grand finale today, um, I, I want to speak to the heart of generosity on another level. Uh, so many people took some of these bags last week uh, with uh, uh, non-perishable items on the bag and then a letter that you could write to the family. We just want to bless some families that are having a hard time uh, being able to put food on the table, especially for this Thanksgiving uh, holiday that's coming up. Uh, so many people took bags, and last week, so many bags came back uh, to the cool house, which was awesome. Thank you guys for bringing uh, the bags back, but we still got bags out that were waiting uh, to come in. Some people brought their bags in today. Um, you can you can actually, if you still want to participate, if you want to help feed some families, because that's what this church does, we, we give. We love the community, amen? Uh, you could grab a bag out in the lobby or out in the courtyard, and you could bring it back to the cool house all week long. You say, where is that? What's going on? The folks that you grab the bags from, they can give you all the information. Uh, but once again, non-perishable items. You don't have to worry about the turkeys, and I'm going to tell you why. Um, this, this church is going to give away some turkeys next week and some groceries to some family in need. But we are partnering uh, with the city of Miramar. Personally, the, the mayor himself, he wanted me to tell you, Mayor Messam of Miramar, we love him. He is awesome. He is personally donating 50 turkeys for us to give away next week. I just want, I want to say that. Mayor, I'm sure you, you may be watching. I know you're a busy man, but we want to thank you and want to thank the city of Miramar. Listen, I think a lot of times, like, people get scared to deal with government, especially when it pertains to church. When your agenda is Jesus, you don't worry about all the nuances of the politics. I'm not, listen, I'm no politician. I'm not here to politic to you or persuade you to do anything. But if somebody says they want to align with this church to do something good in the community, I'm not going to turn them away. Hear that from me right now. Why you working with the city? Because they helping. What you doing? Amen? I should smile. Okay. So, yeah, we, we, it's going to be great. Next Sunday after church, we're going to be doing a massive turkey and grocery giveaway. So if you want to be a part of that, um, that's another way you can be generous. Grab a bag, bring it back uh, to the cool house. I'm excited about that. Um Today is Heart for the House Sunday, and the church said, like, you should get excited about what's about to happen today. I'm going to do something very special at the end of the service. Me and my wife, it's going to be a blessing to you. It's a, it's a gift from us to you, and I'm excited about it, but I got to preach this message first before we can give you that gift, and the church said. Um, if you got your Bibles... I want you to turn to Nehemiah. Say, where is that? It's between Esther and Ezra. Ezra and Esther uh, in the New uh, Testament. Excuse me, in the Old Testament. Forgive me. My emotions, sometimes I can't think straight. Uh, Old Testament between Ezra and Esther is Nehemiah. 
and we have been in this book now this is the sixth week we've been in this book and guess what chapter since we're in the sixth week guess what chapter of nehemiah we going to today chapter oh man y'all so smart praise god nehemiah chapter six who can raise a hand and say you've been here in the building for all six weeks of this message let me let me see wow praise god for y'all who who actually has a bible let me see those raise those up let me see who's actually saved i'm just kidding somebody has their phone in their bible they're like i got both because i know you'd be coming for me who let me put your put your phone up let me see you got a phone go ahead lord jesus help this church it's, it's all right. If you if your phone use the app, maybe you online using the app. We got thousands of people literally on the Cool Church app. I wouldn't trust it if you know the enemy is attacking you directly. But you know, Joe Leatherbound Bible. No, I'm just kidding. It works um, the same both ways. Because at the end of the day, it's not about the book. It's not about the phone. The Bible says, "Hide the word in your." So if it's in here, it don't matter how you pull it up. Amen. Amen. Nehemiah. Chapter 6, verse 9. This is like one of my all-time Bible verses right here. Oh my gosh. If this don't encourage you, I don't know what else will. Nehemiah 6, 9 says, They were all trying to frighten us, thinking their hands will get too weak for the work and it will not be completed. But I prayed, now strengthen my hands. I wish it was at the end of the message already. But I prayed, I love Nehemiah. Oh, y'all think we weak? I prayed, God, strengthen my hands. Today, if you wanna take notes on this message, last part of this Heart for the House series, it's entitled this, Strengthen my hands father god once again i thank you for this day it's the day that you have made god may we rejoice and be glad in it but god i pray and before the earth began to spin on this axis you knew each and every one of us that would be here you knew everybody that was gonna be watching online you knew where they'd be watching from and lord i pray that i would lie down as you rise up don't let these words be my own but let them come directly from your throne room of grace god i pray that hearts minds and ears are open and receptive to a word that will always be about Jesus. Nothing more, nothing less. Because without Jesus, we can't live the abundant life that you've called us to. So God, I pray that your son would introduce himself to people in a brand new way. God, I pray that your son will introduce himself to people that have never been introduced to him. And God, maybe for some folks that have had an introduction but have been running for a while, I pray they get a reintroduction. I pray for the one the one that needs to hear this word the most may it save their life in Jesus name and everybody set everybody set take another five seconds and give God a shout of praise thank y'all don't go too far we're going some more fun at the end six weeks ago we started on a journey a, a journey that has led to today. This season is the heart for the house season. And before we even got into this series, I, I preached a message and I said, the season of survival is over. Now, 
we are entering into a season of success. How many of y'all tired of surviving? Since 2020, I feel like people just been surviving. I'm just happy to be here. Just, just happy to be in the room. I don't want to keep living like that. I declare success on everything we touch in Jesus' name. Everything we speak out of our mouth, anything we decree and declare in the name of Jesus, we will find success. I don't believe that you can walk into success if you don't first believe that you will have the success in your heart. You got to change your mind about it. A, a, lot, a lot of things don't happen for people, not because they can't do it, but the, the result of their life is more often than not dictated not by what people do, but by what people think. The Bible says, as a man thinketh, so is he. A great pastor friend and mentor of mine, Keith Craft, says if you elevate your thinking, you elevate your life. Some of us get stuck on low levels because we have low level thoughts. I want to be, I, 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 I love this, it's like not something on social media, they're talking about like you got to have a high frequency. That's a, that's a low frequency plate. What does that mean? <laughs> you, you, want, you got a low vibration plate. The pork chop ain't low vibration the way you think about it is. It's not the food, it's the thought. As a man thinketh, so is he. We started this journey six weeks ago believing that this will be the most successful season of our lives up until this point. Why do I say up until this point? Because I believe the best is always yet to come. I don't believe that this gonna be it and we'll never see it again. I believe it just keeps on getting better when you love Jesus, amen? And we started this, this journey with a vision to build something great for the kingdom that would not just bless us, but it will bless our children and our children's children. We believe that in 2023, God, we have the vision, but today the resources are going to be supplied so that we see this vision come to pass that will bless the next generation as Joel so eloquently talked about earlier. Today, we have an opportunity to bring our very best to God in an offering over and above our normal tithe. Now, if this is your first time here, you are under no obligation to participate in this. And if it's your hundredth time here, you are under no obligation to participate in this. But if you call this place home, there's an expectation. I'm not going to chase you down for your pledge. What you pledged was between you and God. But what you give, I believe, will be the sacrifice that activates the success in the next season of your life. Because I believe success requires a sacrifice. It always requires something out of you. Success doesn't just fall into your lap. You got to give something to make it happen. You might have to give your time. You might have to give your knowledge. You might have to give your effort, your sweat, your blood. You got to give something to see success come to pass. And with this heart for the house offering, we said, I've been saying it for six weeks now, and I'm going to say it one more time. 
We're trying to raise $300,000 to see the work of 2023 and beyond be done at Cool Church. And the church said, we're trying to raise some for our cool world experience. That's our virtual experiences so that the people out there all over the world in the 47 different countries and the many different states that watch us, that they can have a better experience. Sometimes the lights ain't working right. Sometimes the sound go out. I could stand over here right now and you can't really see my beautiful face as well as you could as if I, if I was standing right there. And the church said, that's a technology issue. Straight up, some people are just disconnected from us because we have to update some technology. We are thankful for the school, but at the end of the day, a lot of the stuff in the school is older equipment. We as a church have already donated certain equipment to the school. This beautiful sound system that you can hear me on, that was donated to us, to them, so that the kids will have an awesome sound system during the week. And the church said, we use it on Sundays, but who says they can't use it all week long? They need lighting updates, they need other updates. They can bring more creative arts and do more special things here if they have the equipment to do it, but not only does it help them, it helps us be able to get the gospel out on Sundays, amen? Microphones, things like that. The next part was the new cool church nonprofit, Cool Cares, that is going out into the community. We have different service projects going on all time, and Cool Cares, if you in the building right now, could y'all make some noise? They're one of the greatest serve teams. Habitat for Humanity, they go to senior citizen homes, they partner with the city, they do food drive, they do all kinds of things. And if you want to get connected with Cool Cares, go to the lobby. But we are building a nonprofit 501c3 surrounding that. Why? Because a lot of different times, it's sad to say, larger organizations don't want to partner with a church, but they'll partner with a nonprofit that is not a church. So we kind of going a little uh, <laughs> incognito or incognito, if you will to try to be able to partner with some of these different organizations and we want to build these hubs in schools called cool hubs where kids that are less fortunate uh, children that are literally living in cars with their parents we've heard this from the principals where they can get shoes they can get uniforms they can get food to eat and they don't have to pay for it. why because the church is going to build a place that they can get the resources they need and we already because we put that idea out in the atmosphere there are partners that I will tell you about later that want to help us facilitate facilitate and stock those places that we will build in these schools. And the church said, when you got vision, people will supply. Amen? So that's the 501c3. It's going to be a big thing. It's awesome. But then lastly, the last chunk we're putting into the next generation. We are not building a church so it can be us four and no more. We are building a church that our children will take over. Why they got to take it over? I want all the blessing. You're going to be blessed because you gave them something. We're building a church for our children and our children's children's children. I want, I want, your, kids, I want your kids to get mad at you because you're taking them from church at the end of the day. I don't want to leave, Mom. I want your kids to nag you to come every Sunday. Y'all got to get up. We got to go to church. I want to feel like Disney World over there, but with Jesus instead of a rat as a mascot. <laughs> Take a shot at Mickey today, son. <laughs> oh, man. But one of the main things we want to do is bring in special needs educators. There's kids that are um, 
that have been diagnosed with special needs and some that have not been diagnosed with special needs, but there are kids that me and my wife have seen and different educators have seen and encountered and experienced, and we don't, let me tell you what, what cool kids and cool youth is not. It's not a babysitting service. It's a place where we're, we're training and teaching your kids to know who Jesus is and know who they are in Jesus. We want them to know the word. They're memorizing scripture. They're reading Bible stories. They're interacting. Did you know in the cool youth service, the youth themselves are the ones that actually conduct the entire service and then a leader preaches a message at the end. We're training them to understand who God is and know who they are in him. So we want to bring in special needs educators so that every child, every youth, gets the proper experience in God's house. And not only will we train a child up in the way that they should go, we're going to train the parents of children of special needs so that they understand how to interact with their children better by bringing in professional educators to do that. Amen? Because you can't say you build strong families to build strong futures and families are getting left behind because they got needs that nobody is meeting. That's not going to be this house. Every family is going to elevate in the name of Jesus. I started this church out of a desire because me and my wife, when we get to heaven one day, we want to see all of our family there. That same desire that I have for our family, I have for yours. You say, there's people that are really far off. Yeah, we had some of those in our family too, and they're, they're sitting in this room today. They're sitting in this room today because we never stop believing in family. Amen? So we care about the next generation. And to really talk about bringing something to the table for the next generation and building something, the, the character that we've connected to in the Bible, not just the character because this person was a real person in history, was the governor called Nehemiah. And last week, we talked about the fact that Nehemiah was a disciplined builder. First, when he wanted to build something, he prayed, his heart broke for it, man. He's like, yo, I can't believe that the city of Judah, the city of Jerusalem is in shambles. There's no walls. So because there were no walls historically at that time, it spoke to the state of poverty that the actual city was in. Raiders and intruders could come in anytime they want. They could steal from the people. They can take their children. They can enslave them because they had no protection. The wall was so important. And Nehemiah saw the poverty that his people were living in after they had been released from the exile. And he begs a foreign king, please. Let me go back and rebuild the wall of the city so that my people can be strong and fortified. And he was bold about it. He shed tears about it. And you know this foreign king, he says, Nehemiah, that's awesome, man. Hey, go and do it. As a matter of fact, I'll give you the resources to do it. How many of you know when you got a vision, people want to attach themselves to that vision? And he builds and, and, and he, he inspects because you have to be a great inspector. You have to have a vision for something before you can build it, right? And once he has the vision for it, he inspires people. He tells the people a vision. I just told you what we're trying to do over this next year. And then the people pledged to help Nehemiah. You also pledged. You took these stones that were out there in the lobby because it's a representation that we are living stones in Christ Jesus. And Jesus is the cornerstone. Amen? And we wrote our pledge number down, what we were pledging to give monetarily because where your treasure is, your heart is also. And we said that today was going to be the day. 
Whether we're all, that's, ooh, see, I, I see that's on my wife always with me. We said today was gonna be the day. Mm. Just sound better when you say it. That we were gonna bring our pledges back over and above our normal tithe and offering because we know the Bible says that there's a 30, 60, 100 full return. So we were operating in the manner of Nehemiah. We all pledged to build and they start building and they started building together. But how many of you know when you build something, opposition comes. Every time you try and do something good, something always wants to stop you from doing good. But they banded together. They worked together. That's the awesome thing. None of us are doing this alone. None of us are carrying this burden alone. We are all working together. Amen. Many hands make light work as my mom always says. And at one point, they had gotten the wall to half its height, and they were excited. But the enemy, man, the enemy continues to come in. And even though they were able to fight off the enemy, now the enemy wasn't external. The enemy was internal. They stopped the work. Why did they themselves stop the work? Money. They were living in a time of inflation as we are right now. I told you, them donkey prices was real high back then. It's hard for them to get around, right? So they were living in a time of inflation. They were enslaving one another because they were in debt to one another. Nehemiah sees all this foolishness. It's like, what are y'all doing? How are you enslaving your own people? You charging people all kinds of crazy interest. Why would you do that? Nehemiah literally takes his salary from the king and all of the abundance that he has, and he does not use it for himself. He's like, I'm going to set the example of how you should be. Instead of stealing from each other, why don't you take what you have and why don't you give it to one another? Why don't you release the slaves? Why don't you cancel the interest? Why don't you give back the lands? Nehemiah takes all his rations and supplies and things from the king. He does not charge the people anything. As a matter of fact, he takes it. And Nehemiah, every day, this is crazy, brings 150 to 200 people to his table to eat. People that are starving. People saying, we can't work because we hungry. Nehemiah's like, I got enough for everybody. Come to my table. Come to my table. Nehemiah is living in abundance while everybody else is living in struggle. Why? Because Nehemiah gives us a formula that we can all live by to live the abundant life. And I gave it to you last week. Nehemiah was disciplined. So he had personal restraint plus kingdom devotion equals abundant living. When you have enough discipline to do what God has called you to do, then God is binded to you. He is obligated to take care of you because you were disciplined to do what he had called you to do. By me saying, I'm going to let go of this stuff over here. I'm going to let go of my agenda. I'm going to focus on God's agenda. That sends a signal to heaven that says, we got to give him what he needs to do what he needs to do. Restraint, kingdom devotion, abundant living. What's abundance? More than you need to do what God has called you to do. Nehemiah didn't need enough food for 200 people. He was one person, but because he was restrained, he was disciplined, and because he was devoted to the work of the wall, the work of God, God gave him more than he needs so he could supply for everybody to finish the work of the wall. And the church said, if you just followed that little principle right there, your life would change drastically. But as practical as that formula is, that formula that I just gave you, personal restraint, 
plus kingdom devotion equals abundant life does not work without action. You can believe it all you want. Doesn't work without action. So today I'm gonna give you opportunity to act. So host team, stand up if you will. They gonna go down the house. They gonna put a heart for the house offering envelopes in every hand. You may say, I don't wanna give this way. You may say, I don't wanna give at all. You may say, I don't like to give like that. There's ways on the screen that you can give that they'll show you later. I just want, here's what I'm trying to do by doing this right now. I'm making an example, cause I could have just gave you these when you walked through the door, but I wanna talk about it. I'm making an example because what I'm doing is creating an opportunity. I'm creating an opportunity for you to apply action to your faith. Because you could just have the faith. I believe this is going to be the greatest year of all time. I'm done struggling and surviving. It's going to be a season of success. And you keep doing the same thing you've been doing. I'm trying to create an opportunity a singular moment in time. Opportunity and time are synonymous. What is an opportunity? The denotation or the definition of opportunity, you can look it up in Webster's, is a favorable time for the attainment of a goal. A favorable time for the attainment of a goal. So what are you saying, pastor? There are certain opportunities or moments in life that happen, and if you miss them, they may not happen again. I'm providing an opportunity. Opportunity is not synonymous with where and not synonymous with who. Opportunity is synonymous with time. Time is the one thing that we are losing every day. From the moment you are born to the moment God calls you home, there's a clock. And there are certain times, certain opportunities that come up. And if you miss them, they can be detrimental to your future. So I'm creating an opportunity for you. A favorable time for the attainment of a goal. I remember 23 years ago, I had an opportunity. Dating myself. But 23 years ago, I had the opportunity when I graduated high school. Wow. Two class reunions later. 23 years ago, I had an opportunity when I graduated high school to go to the Maryland Institute College of Art, MICA for short. One of the oldest art colleges in the United States of America, founded in the 1800s. It's a very prestigious um, place of education and I had an opportunity to leave Carroll City CC represent and go all the way to Baltimore, Maryland Lord Jesus I pray for you if you're from Baltimore Jesus had an opportunity and can I be honest with you like leading up to the opportunity I was talking so much junk I can't wait to get up out of here when I was a kid, you know, when you're a kid, you just want to get out your parents' house. Closer that opportunity came, I got scared, y'all. 
I was like, wait, I got to go live on my own? Nobody, nobody cooking anymore? I got to wash my own clothes? I got to get a job? Like, a whole job? I, I, I got to be away from everybody I love? Like, I ain't know, I ain't know anybody in Baltimore. I, I got to make new friends? I got to, like, start adulting? I, I was nervous. I was, I, was, I was terrified. I was like, man, it's a great opportunity, but I'm so comfortable where I'm at. <laughs> and I almost allowed my fear to make me miss out on this opportunity. And I think back now, 23 years later, if I hadn't gone, truth of the matter is, I could have went somewhere else and got my degree. I probably could have got my master's degree down here somewhere at some school doing something. I was disciplined and dedicated and devoted enough. I knew my education was important. I was going to get a degree somewhere, and the church said. But because of the timing, the opportunity, I may not have met my partner in destiny, Mrs. Wilson, if I chose not to go. I got a degree anywhere. But there's only one Joanne Wilson. And where was she? She wasn't in Carroll City. She was in Baltimore, Maryland. I didn't know that. But had I not taken the opportunity, here's the funny thing too. It's not that she hadn't lived down here before. We lived blocks away from each other when we were younger and never knew it. It wasn't until I took the opportunity to go to Baltimore, Maryland that I got connected to my destiny. We wouldn't have cool church now if it were just up to me. I keep telling y'all, and people say, why you announce yourself like that? When you come up, you say, I'm one of the pastors because I'm only one of them. There's two. I'm not the senior. I'm not the lead. We are co Co. There is no cool church, C-O-O-L, without the C-O, the co. There is no cool church without her. So because of an opportunity I took 23 years ago, we're sitting in the manifestation of that opportunity taken. Maybe I don't know if they're hearing me. You literally, you are sitting in a space of a, of, of a taken opportunity, a favorable time for the attainment of the goal. That moment of me leaving here and going up there 23 years ago was the moment where God said, oh, you honored me by taking this opportunity? I'm going to honor you by aligning you with destiny. We've been together for how long, babe? 23 years. She's like. 23 years. Like, it ain't even take long for me to find her. It took like a month. I was like, ooh, who is that? Changed my life forever. Because I took the opportunity that God presented me. And I almost missed it. 
I almost missed it because all the stuff that was going on in my head. I almost, almost, because all the things that were going on that were trying to prevent me from leaving in the first place. Anytime you have an opportunity to participate in something great, there's always going to be a reason not to. And the truth is, the greatest opposition always comes before the greatest opportunity. So, how do you seize the opportunity? It's the question that I want to answer today. How do you, how do you win in this season? Since this is the finale. Like, like how, how do you get to the end? How do you do it? Two things and we'll go. They'll be quick, I promise. The first one is this. Stay focused to finish. Stay focused to finish. I know it sounds simple, like, man, I had to come all the way to church for that. Yeah. Stay focused to finish. Nehemiah 6, 1 through 3 says, When the word came to Sanballat, Tobiah, Geshem, the Arab, and the rest of our enemies, these are all the haters that Nehemiah had hating on him the entire time he was trying to build a wall. He says, that I had, it says, when the word came to the rest of our enemies, that I had rebuilt the wall and not a gap was left in it. Though up to the time I had not set the doors in the gates, Sambalot and Geshem sent me this message. Listen to this. So first, you know, they, they threatened them like, we're going to kill you, da, da, da. Then, you know, they left them to their own devices and they started to be divisive amongst themselves. They worked that out. Then the enemies, the outside enemies come back. They sent them this message. Come let us meet together in one of the villages on the plain of Ono. That sounds nice. They were trying to say, hey, let's have a mediation. They're trying to be, because they, 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 they knew like threatening and being mean wasn't going to work. Right, because Nehemiah wasn't going for it. They're like, hey, let's, let's mediate. Let's come together. Let's figure this out. Right? But look at the Bible. It says, but they were scheming to harm me. So I sent messengers to them with this reply. I, I love this. I am carrying on with a great project, and I cannot go down. Why should the work stop while I leave it and go down to you? Nehemiah was like, I ain't coming. What I got going on is too important to stop because I know if I leave, they're going to stop working. I'm going to stay right here. Y'all not going to convince me. The enemy, the enemy gets so desperate that he tries to make, instead of threats, he tries to make himself appealing. Some of y'all got to be careful because the enemy is so desperate for you, he's going to approach you like a friend. Don't make it seem real cool. He's trying to kill you in the process. That's why he's a snake. He's slithery. He's sneaky. They knew they couldn't knock Nehemiah off his game. So let's be friendly. Let's set up a let's set up brunch. The bottomless mimosas. <laughs> Y'all ain't saved. Come, let's have a talk. Let's, I hate the people that like try to set you up for a talk and all it really is is an ambush. All they want to do is destroy you, but they got a bunch of other friends around so, so they could destroy you in front of people and make you look bad, but they trying to make it seem like they're the innocent one. Yeah, some of y'all had that experience. Uh-huh. That's what they were doing. But I love this. 
But because of Nehemiah's discernment, some of y'all need some discernment in your life. Like some of y'all take everybody that calls themselves a friend and you actually believe that. You better pray for some Holy Spirit discernment in your life. Just because somebody say they for you, they don't mean that they are for you. They're really jealous of you when they're trying to get close to you to see what they can get from you. But you need some discernment like Nehemiah. He's like, no, I ain't stopping. I ain't going down to y'all. He's like, why should I come down to y'all? If I stop, the work don't stop. I ain't coming down there. I, 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 he says, I cannot carry. He says, I am carrying on a great project, and I cannot go down. Why should the work stop while I leave it to go down to you? Nehemiah's like, no, I'm too focused. <laughs> If you've ever tried doing something important in your life, have you ever been distracted? Why is it like when you try to do the most important thing in the world, everything happens? Happens to me all the time. I annoy my wife with that because my wife be like working hard and like I like to annoy her when I'm not working. She be working hard. I be on the car, babe, how you doing? I be like all up in her face. She's like, oh my God, stop. But I get that. She's focused on something. I get really focused. Anybody that knows me, like I'm a person of focus. I, like when I get on something, I get like tunnel vision about it. So I keep talking about the same thing all the doggone time, right? But like Wednesdays are like my days for me and Jesus to hang out. And I don't give up my Wednesdays for nobody. Like people that know me, they know, don't call me, don't text me on a Wednesday. I ain't responding. I mean, I might not respond to you on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, but I'm just saying, I'm really not responding <laughs> on a Wednesday? It's me and Jesus. I'm right, like I write, it's my writing Wednesdays. And once again, the people that know me, they don't get offended. They're like, I'm not even gonna bother him today because I know he locked in a room somewhere and he is praying and he is reading and he is trying to actually write like my child knows don't talk to me on a Wednesday like I'll talk to you when I'm done <laughs> but don't mess with me on a Wednesday because I'm I'm locked in and it's so funny because it's like on one hand I'm locked in I'm focused on the other hand I feel like every time I try to get focused the world wants to burn down because the people that know me don't call me but the people that don't I get the craziest calls on a Wednesday. I get the craziest texts on a Wednesday. I listen to my voice message. I was like, Lord Jesus. I won't be able to think I'm ignoring them. But if I stop to put out every fire that happens on a Wednesday, then I would be ill-prepared and ill-equipped to do what I know that God has called me to do. I don't, I don't, I don't sit down on a Saturday night like, Lord, when I'm going to tell these people, I already know. If God want to throw something else in my lap, I take that. But I've already prepared for you because I was focused on Jesus. Been focused. And I just want to say this. If you ever hit me up on a Wednesday and I don't respond, God had to heal me of this, so I'm going to heal somebody else. I am not your only hope on a Wednesday. 
Like, I, it's, it's people like, I ain't messing with that church. I call, he ain't answered. It was Wednesday. It could have been Tuesday or Thursday too. But I am not your only hope on a Wednesday. Furthermore, I'm not your only hope on a Sunday. A Monday, a Tuesday, a Wednesday, a Thursday, a Friday, a Saturday. I am not your only hope. God is your only hope. If you're looking for me to fill the place of God, I'm a lousy God. And as much as my heart breaks to help you, I cannot help you the way that God helps you. And I've said this before, and I'm going to say it again. Y'all ain't going to kill me. I love you. Y'all ain't going to kill me. Y'all ain't going to kill me because I am not your only hope. Y'all need to stop looking at humans. You're my only hope. Stop that. That's idolatry. I'm not your only hope. If I'm your only hope, I feel sorry for you. Because Lord Jesus, if I'm your only hope, I pity you. God is your only hope. Stop putting your faith in humans. <sighs> I love you. I want to help you. But I respect my work for God so much, nobody's going to distract me when I'm focused on doing it well. No one. You see, with that level of focus, there's nothing you can't do. Now, now that I've just given you that illustration and told you how much I focus to prepare for you because I'm trying to honor God, ask yourself this. How much further along in life would you be if you just focused? Ask yourself. You say, come on, Pastor T, you're supposed to be nice. No, I, I need, I, listen, you got to take an honest inventory of yourself. Sometimes it's not that you don't have the resources or you don't have the connections. It's just that you lack the focus. Like you're getting all the opportunities in the world, but you're not focused because you're focused on something else. Fo how much farther would you be if you focused? The reason so many of us never finish what we start is because we lack focus like some of us made a new year's resolution at the beginning of 2022 that you ain't done nothing on yet like stay focused on the new year's resolution you still got six to seven weeks left get to the finish and finish the year strong so you say oh, i ain't do nothing since january why start now you know how much you could change your life in six weeks start now just start now start now Stay focused on the school and finish getting the degree or the certification or the license or the trade. I know some people that's just lifelong students. Finish, graduate, and be a contributing member of society. You cannot be a student forever. Finish. Stay focused on the business plan and finish so that you get the capital that you need to grow the business. Because when the sharks come, the sharks want to know you got your plan and your numbers right before they give you any help. Stay focused. Focused. Focus on that pledge that you made. And finish 
giving what you promise to see the mission fulfilled. Focus, focus, because when you focus, you finish. Stay focused on your vision and finish what you start. I always tell my daughter, hey, don't start something if you ain't gonna finish. Be focused. Why? Because focusing facilitates finishing. Listen to me, some of you just don't finish. Once again, it's not because you ain't got what you, need to, what you need to get to do it, it's just because you're not focused. So blow your mind, because it's so simple. The devil deals in distraction. You say, well, what do you mean devil deals in distraction? Some of y'all here, John 10, 10, first half. Thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Some, some of you think that the devil's primary objective for you is destruction. Steal, kill, destroy. This is where you make a mistake because you hear that voice and you, you, you are looking for this overall destruction that the enemy wants to bring to your life. And if you look at it like that, you're gonna miss what's actually happening in your life. Because if the devil deals in distraction, you have to know he does not have to destroy you. If he distracts you, he can defeat you. Some of y'all waiting for the full, oh my life is a mess, the devil has stepped in. The devil could just distract you in little ways. And he's winning, he's winning the battle. He said, I'm still standing, the devil ain't got me, but he's got you distracted. The devil does not have to destroy you to defeat you. All he has to do is distract you. I'm all about, man, I'm still here. I'll be the main one to preach. Devil, you ain't kill me. I'm still here. But if he got me focused on the wrong things and I'm not walking in the purpose that God has called for me, then I have lost the mission. <laughs> Devil doesn't have to destroy you. If he can distract you, he can defeat you. Be careful of distractions. Stay focused. The enemy, I love this, as we look at Nehemiah, he gets so mad at Nehemiah's focus, because Nehemiah like, I ain't listening to y'all petty distractions. They write five letters to get him to come. He denies them, no, I'm not, no, no, no. They realize that they cannot distract this man, so they make up the craziest lie on the planet so that he gets intimidated and threatened. So once again, if, if you stay on your course, your enemies will show themselves for who they really are. Because they try to be nice, and as soon as Nehemiah's like, no, no. That's why I love no. It's a two-letter word, but it's so powerful. I don't have to tell you yes all the time. I can tell you no. I know you love me and respect me when you respect my no. No. Right? So Nehemiah's like, no, five times. I ain't coming. No, nope, I'm too focused. They say this big crazy lie. They're like, okay, well, we've been hearing. You know somebody lying when they say they've been hearing. I heard, you a lie. I heard, where you heard from? Then when you ask where they heard from, mm, I mean, you know, I, they, they dance around. They don't want to tell you because they know you're going to check that person when you find out who said it. But they don't want to tell you that. I heard, so they was like, we heard from the surrounding nations. That's what they saying. We heard 
The surrounding nations, they talking. Go read your Bible. It's right there. They talking. Nehemiah, they said that you plotting to be king. And when that word get back to the king of Persia, you in trouble. So they told this bold-faced lie. One, first lie, everybody talking about it. That's not true. Second lie, Nehemiah trying to be king. That's not true. Third lie, we going to let the king know what's going on. All those were lies. They were lies of intimidation out of desperation, right? His enemies, they try to provoke him by saying other nations are saying this too. I want to say this to somebody because this, this is going to free somebody right here. Everybody, they, they said everybody was telling this lie. And let's just say that they were being truthful in that. Let's just say everybody was saying a lie. Let's say all the nations was telling a lie about Nehemiah. Let's just say that was true. This will free somebody today because people have lied on you. And maybe a lot of people are lying on you. And it makes you feel bad. I want you to hear this because this will bless your life. Just because a lie is popular does not mean that it is true. Like, just because a lot of people saying it doesn't bring more validity to it. Like, there's these things now... At, um, on IG and it's like I was today years old when I found out right and one of them I saw the other day had like a fast food container like a styrofoam container and you know how they got the little punch tabs in the four corners somebody on TikTok be lying to everybody <laughs> they punch one of the holes in the four corners and then they, they stuck um, a utensil in it so that your utensil does not slip down in the tray and they're like this is the reason that they made these holes so that they can hold your utensils and everybody's like I'm today years old when I found that out and that is the biggest lie on the planet though it may be useful and it is a creative way to hold your utensils. Those four holes at the corner of your styrofoam container are to vent your food. But this generation today, they believe everything they hear on the ticky-tock. And they're like, I was today years old when I found out. You found out a lie. Just because a lie is popular does not mean a lie is true, it's still a lie. It's a lie. <laughs> I, love, <laughs> I, I, I love this, I love this. Nehemiah 6, 8, this is what you gotta do when somebody lying. <laughs> Nehemiah cold-blooded. I sent him this reply. Nothing like what you are saying is happening. You are just making it up out of your head. See, I just read the Bible and you laugh because that's how funny it actually is. Nothing like what you are saying is happening. You are just making it up out of your head. Nehemiah calls him a bold-faced liar and keeps on working. You a lie. Let me get back to work. You a lie. Some of you would do well to follow Nehemiah's example 
and call the devil what he is when he tries to lie about who you are you call him the liar that he is the devil is a liar and he gonna come and he gonna tell all kinds of lies about you oh you think you are last since you got saved I know who you really are devil's a liar the devil's a liar those people who 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 following you they don't they they don't trust your leadership you asking them for all that money they looking at you like you crazy devil's a liar he's a liar you can't fix your marriage devil's a liar a bold-faced liar you ain't got the knowledge or the skill to succeed in that god idea devil's a liar you're going to be just like your alcoholic mama or daddy. You're going to be abusive. Devil is a liar. God can't use you. God can use anyone. Devil's a liar. When the enemy presents you with a lie, you present him with the truth. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are God's workmanship. You are God's masterpiece created in Christ Jesus to do good work. So when the enemy wants to tell a lie, you look him in the face and say, devil's a liar. You telling lies about me? Just because you can spread a lie doesn't make it any more true. A lie is a lie is a lie and the devil is a liar. He's a liar and the truth ain't in him. So I'm not going to let him distract me from what I'm called to. I'm staying focused to the finish. And finally, finish strong. Finish strong. Finish strong. As the band comes back up, the devil's a liar. He's a liar and the truth ain't in him. And he's trying to lie you out of victory. That's what he's trying. I'm giving you his tactics. Because the enemy's trying to lie you out of victory, you must finish strong. You must finish strong. Nehemiah 6, verse 9, is so beautiful. It says, they were all trying to frighten us, thinking their hands will get too weak for the work, and it will not be completed. <laughs> the enemy will continue to lie, y'all, because that's all he can do. That's all he's got. Like some of y'all like the devil plotting and scheming on me. He's got one tactic. I'm a lie. He's a liar. He's a liar in the beginning in the garden. I told y'all that verse already. Genesis verse 3. Did God really say? He turned a lie into a question that caused us to sin. Did God really say? He's been a liar, a serpent, snake, scheming liar in the beginning. And the Bible tells us that he's going to be a liar in the end. Tells us that in Revelations. Revelations 12, 9 through 11. The great dragon was hurled down. That ancient what? Serpent. They know who he's talking about. Called the devil. Give the enemy a name because that's what he is or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth and his angels with him. Then I heard a loud voice in the heavens say, now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Messiah. For, listen to this, the accuser of our brothers and sisters 
you accuses them before our God day and night has been hurled down. He accuses before God day and night and they triumphed over him by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. The enemy will always use his lying mouth for destruction. He literally says he accuses God day and night. Do you know what it is to 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year to stand in somebody's face and lie? Day and night you're lying? Like you just can't stop lying. And I hate to give the devil credit for anything, but you know, I'll give him credit for this. He's really focused on his job. The Bible says day and night, day and night he lying while we out here getting distracted. The devil's on his job, are you on yours? Day and night, day and night he's been lying. He's gonna keep lying on you. He's been lying on you since the day you were born. You'll never amount to anything. You're ugly, you're fat, you're this, you're that. You can't win. You know who your mama is? You know who your daddy is? No one will ever love you. Lies! Lies! He's been lying day and night, but he's consistent at it. Are you focused enough to move past the lies of the enemy? Because I love our God. He presents you with the problem. You got a liar in front of you while presenting you with a solution. He says the accuser of the brethren is there day and night, but we overcome by the blood of the lamb, the blood of Jesus Christ that was slain for us all. His blood was pouring out. Let me tell you something, red or yellow, black and white, we are precious in his sight. The blood pumping through your veins, maybe the blood you get from your mother or your father, but the blood that saves you is the blood of Jesus and it is the blood of Jesus that unites us and makes us brothers and sisters and grafts us into the family of the most high God. We overcome by the blood of the lamb and the what? The word of our. Don't let people stop you from testifying because it's how you combat every lie from the pits of hell that was ever told about you. When they tell you you'll never amount to it, you say, I am more than a conqueror, Jesus. You know what I came through? I'm a failure, but you know what? Where I am weak. That's my testimony. The enemy can lie all he wants, but he can't take that away from me. Keep lying. Keep telling people how messed up I was. I know how messed up I was, and God still saved me. Because that's my testimony. I love this because all the devil has, he has one tool, his lying mouth. He's got one tool, lying mouth for destruction but we got so many weapons to defeat him. We got the blood of the lamb. We got the word of our testimony. But Nehemiah shows us we have another weapon, y'all. I love this. Nehemiah 6, I'll read the whole thing, but now I'll read the end too. They were all trying to frighten us, thinking their hands will get weak for the work and it will not be completed. Nehemiah 6, 9. But I prayed, now strengthen my hands. 
strengthen my hands. Oh my gosh. The enemy can lie all he wants to because his talk is cheap. While the enemy's talking about it, I can use my hands to do something about it. You see, I love the word of my testimony, but the word of my testimony is me declaring my faith. But the Bible says, faith without is dead. So I use my mouth to testify and I use my hands to work. It's hard for some people to overcome because they have used their mouth to testify but never used their hands to work. Nehemiah says, God, if his hands were important, why would he pray to God to strengthen them? God, strengthen my hands. Strengthen my hands. Your mouth can testify and talk about it, but your hands have to actually do something about it. Every good farmer knows eventually they're going to have to put their hand to the plow. You got to do the work. And today I want to do something very, very special for you. I want everybody to hold up their hands. Because I know this is a house of faith. How many of y'all got faith out there? Give a shout out your mouth. Testify to it. I know you got faith. I don't doubt your faith. But it's time for some of y'all to use your hands. So I'm going to pray and we're going to declare together that God strengthens our hands. We're going to do what Nehemiah did. So on the screen, we're going to have some declarations. And I want you to say them with me. Put the first one up there. Put it up. I want everybody to say this with me together. One, two, three. These hands can work. God, strengthen my hands. Next. These hands can help. God, strengthen my hands. Next, these hands can build. God, strengthen my hands. These hands can fight. God, strengthen my hands. These hands can pray. God, strengthen my hands. These hands can love. God, strengthen my hands. These hands can give. God, strengthen my hands. If you believe it, if you believe it, weak these hands are strong because these are the hands of a man that has given his hands to do the work of the Lord so it don't matter the lie the enemy I'm gonna use my hands to do whatever God has called me to do if you believe it today when you give in this heart for the house offering, you putting your money in your hands, strengthened by God's grace and dedicating it to the work of the Lord. By giving what's in your hand today, you're taking your word, your pledge, your testimony, you're turning it into a powerful testimony that overcomes the enemy because 
you're able to finish with your hands what you started with your mouth. Some of you get yourself into trouble because your mouth is writing checks that your hands can't cash. But when your hands are strengthened by God, you could speak out the impossible in faith and God will put the resource in your hands to be able to sign the check that the enemy cannot defeat. You will have victory in the name of Jesus because what is spoken out of your mouth, you will use your hands to accomplish in the mighty name of Jesus. I said a word with my testimony, but it is my hands that make that testimony complete. For faith without works is dead. Started with my mouth, I'ma finish with my hands because finishing matters. Been talking to you for six weeks now. D today matters. If we just said all this stuff and we ain't gonna do nothing, let's all leave now. It matters when you finish. I started as a pledge to build. It'll finish as a powerful work of your hand that gives God glory for generations to come. You see, Nehemiah 6, 15 and 16 says, so the wall was completed. Nehemiah didn't leave that thing up in the air. The wall was completed on the 25th of Elul in 52 days when all our enemies, I love this, heard about this, all the surrounding nations were afraid and lost their self-confidence <laughs> because they all realized that this work had been done with the help of our God. Y'all, our hands are not enough, but our hands combined with God's will, we can do anything. And when we do it, everybody will know about it. The enemy gonna be scared to mess with us because he knows that we're not people that just talk about it. We gonna use our hands to do something about it. And God, is going to strengthen the work of our hands. If you believe it, say amen. amen. Say, Pastor, that's cool and all, but I ain't coming for that today. I, I, I need something different. If you think that, you missed it. You need Jesus. Because if you didn't just catch it, alone you can do nothing. With Jesus, you can do anything. You can do anything. And some of you, you don't have a testimony. At least you think you don't. Some of you, your hands feel weak. It's because you're trying to navigate this life without Jesus. The Bible says that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I've said this verse every week, John 10, 10, but I have come. 
Jesus says this, to give you life and life more abundantly. You cannot walk in victory. You cannot walk in success. You cannot walk in the abundant life if it's just you by yourself without Jesus. You may not even give in this offering today. I'm not even worried about that. I'm more concerned with you getting Jesus than you giving money. Because if you don't get Jesus, none of this stuff makes sense anyway. The worst thing in, in the world is for you to walk out that door feeling the same way because you leave by yourself instead of leaving with Jesus. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, I just want to create an opportunity, a favorable time for the attainment of a goal. The goal is abundant life through relationship with Jesus Christ. It's always my goal, always my agenda, because as I said earlier, I have failed time and time again in life. And the only reason I can stand flat-footed and preach this gospel on this platform today, it's not because you're looking at me. You're looking at a man that has been strengthened by Jesus. I can't do anything without him and I don't want to. I don't, I have no desire to do anything without Jesus. Jesus can change my life. And if he could change me, he could change you. So, I'm not gonna call people down to the front today, but right where you're at, because that's the God that we serve. He'll meet you right where you are. He's sitting on his throne of heaven, looking down, waiting for his children to respond to him. Count of three, you need Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Maybe you've never said that. Maybe you said it before, but you know you've been far from him and you don't feel connected to him. Today is the day to come home. Our God is a father who loves you and will embrace you as you are no matter how many times you fail he loves you that's what good dads do they love you in spite of you they just want you to be better so if you want Jesus as your Lord and Savior you want to accept him for the first time or just invite him back into your life because you've been far only me and God are looking on the count of three I want Jesus in my life that's what I'm asking you for I want you to raise your hand one two three hold it up yeah I see you 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 yeah, I see you too. I see you too. Two hands. I like that. I see you too. Put your hand down. Put your hand down. I got it. I got it. Bible says in Romans 10, 9, when you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart, he is raised from the dead, you're saved. So I'm going to give everybody here and online an opportunity to say a prayer after me. It's not the words of the prayer that we're going to say that are going to save you. It's the heart in which you believe it. You got to say this prayer, not just with your mouth. You got to say it with your heart. And trust me, wherever you are in this world, wherever you are watching from, God will recognize it, will see it, and he will call you a son or a daughter because he loves you. He made you because he loves you and he wants the best for you. So everybody in this place and everybody watching online, I want everybody to repeat after me. Say, dear Jesus, I've sinned. I'm not proud of it, but I admit it. Today, I lay my sin down. Take it, I pray. I don't want it anymore. I reach to heaven to receive your forgiveness and take the place of my sin. I ask that you would accept me, Lord, into your wonderful family. Today, I give my life completely to you. I'm yours, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Come on. so proud of you whoever made that decision in here I'm so proud of y'all online 
if you made that decision after service go to the courtyard let me let me see it got a gift for you it's a bible in here a wwjd bracelet um a message from me and joe saw stuff to say that we love you and want to resource you on your journey if you're online you can hit the qr code you can text cool fam to 94,000. we'll resource you that way and if you have questions about the decision that you made don't feel awkward don't feel weird hey I, I still got questions about the Bible. And you know what? Let's find the answers together. There's folks out there that will help you at our uh, part of our cool culture team. They'll help you answer whatever questions that you got. We just want you to know that we love you. Amen. I can't show you what's happening in heaven right now, but the Bible says that when one comes back to the Father, there's a celebration. But I can help you hear what it sounds like. And there were so many different hands of people that got saved that. I want to make sure you understand how proud God is of you. Can't show it to you, but I can help you hear what it sounds like. So on the count of three here, online, I want y'all to start hitting those claps, start hitting those hearts, turn up online. In here on the count of three, let's cheer for them so they know that God loves them. One, two, three. Let them know God loves them. Let them know they are special. Let them know they are sons. Let them know they are daughters. Let them know they are celebrating. Thank you so much for tuning in. To hear more messages like this one, please be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel. And if you like what you heard, please consider sharing with your friends and family to be a blessing to their lives as well. Don't forget to connect with us at our website, thecoolchurch.com. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at We Are Cool Church. And always remember that you were created out of love.